Is repentance a requisite, a prerequisite, a uh, necessity so that uh, forgiveness can take place? Some argue that it is. They refer to that as a kind of transaction. And it's even argued that's how God forgives us. And I want to uh, push back against that model. Welcome back to Mid-America Reform Seminary's Roundtable Podcast. This is a broadcast where the faculty of Mid-America Reform Seminary discuss reformed theology, uh, cultural issues, and all things seminary. You're listening to episode 115, and I'm Jared Luchibor, Director of Marketing here at the seminary. Thank you for tuning in. We are very much looking forward to this new year of podcasting. We already have a great lineup of episodes in store for your listening pleasure, beginning with a few thoughts from Dr. J. Mark Beach, Professor of Doctrinal and Ministerial Studies, who will be taking us through a series on the relationship between repentance and forgiveness, addressing the question particularly of whether forgiveness is conditional upon repentance. Take a listen. Well, I'm happy to address this topic, uh, some reflections on the idea of conditional forgiveness. Anyone who seeks to live a Christian life knows that we're called to forgive others and the difficulty sometimes of forgiving others, and particularly the difficulty of forgiving those who either don't repent or the repentance is rather facile and... and uh, well, feels rather inauthentic or isn't doesn't show the depth that we would expect given the wrong that was done to us. And in that, uh, the Christian community has shown itself not to be altogether united on the nature of forgiveness, the nature of repentance, what repentance does, and that's why this talk has to do with reflections on the idea of conditional forgiveness. And that conditional idea in particular is what kind of condition. Uh, that is, when one repents or doesn't repent, what what is the net effect of their repentance relative to the forgiveness that ensues? Is repentance, to place the question one way, is repentance a requisite, a prerequisite, a uh, necessity so that uh, forgiveness can take place. Some argue that it is. They refer to that as a kind of transaction. The offer of forgiveness is extended without condition, but the granting, the bestowal of forgiveness is only upon condition of repentance. And it's even argued that's how God forgives us. And I want to uh, push back against that model. I understand it. I appreciate it. But I don't think the sinner, we as sinners, in finding life in Jesus Christ, really want to make our repentance the hinge upon which uh, God's forgiveness and granting forgiveness to us uh, turns. To do so, it 
can be illustrated very quickly. Do you think you repent of all your sins because you know them all? And do you want to travel a path in which God only forgives you the sins you knowingly repent of? And then repent of to what degree, what depth, what what gravity? Uh, so when you start making repentance a condition of forgiveness, it's very important that we parse that out carefully. I'm not arguing that repentance is unnecessary, but I am arguing that there's a wrong way to conceive of repentance and what it does in this forgiveness equation. So, as we start to think about this, I'm not going to spend uh, much time at all on the transactional model that is popular today, but basically it's a model that says uh, without condition, out of love and mercy to others, including those who've wronged us, you offer forgiveness unconditionally, but you only grant forgiveness upon the condition of repentance. And once more, it bears repeating, I'm not arguing against repentance, but I am arguing that we need to be very clear on what repentance does, what it achieves, and what it's for. And I argue in this talk and the following talks that what repentance doesn't do is make us sanctified enough, if only just to a small degree. I repent. I have a change of mind. I regret my action, my misdeed. And now being to that degree sanctified, I'm now forgivable. To that degree holier than I was, justifiable. That's to fall back into an old error that the Protestant Reformation was concerned to deliver us from. And it also makes us fall into an error of self-analysis, that is, as a wrongdoer, well, did I repent hard enough, deep enough, far enough? And uh, you can either arrogantly say, well, of course I did, look at me, or you can uh, fall into despair, never enough, never deep enough, well enough. And someone might say, well, that's only with respect to our relationship with God, not with others. Oh, really? Others don't uh, treat wrongdoers? Well, that repentance is inadequate. That repentance doesn't meet the standard. I'm not impressed. I'm not, I'm not uh, convinced. So we have to be very careful in thinking a transactional model is a good solution. And one way perhaps we can get at this is by asking some questions. Do we, do we want God only to forgive us to the degree we own our guilt, identify it clearly, accurately, and to its depths? I'm not sure we're able to do that, and we don't want our forgiveness hinged upon that. In fact, a series of questions, I think, help illustrate the weakness of that model. So what I'm really after here is the function of repentance. I'm not against it, totally for it. It's, it's a necessary, it, it's a necessity for full healing and reconciliation and all of that. But we'll talk a little later about the nature of, of the condition there. But maybe some questions here. 
does repentance with due contrition serve as a kind of good work that meets a standard of justice that makes forgiveness possible? I mean, if we're going to say this is a model by which God forgives us, well, I thought it was the perfect work of Christ on our behalf and all that he did for us. I thought that's the ground and foundation of forgiveness, not something about me. That's one kind of question. But if repentance involves, and of course it does, an acknowledgement of guilt and blameworthiness, couple it with remorse and regret for having wronged another person, and if all of that effects the granting, gives the the go-ahead for the transaction of forgiveness— It sounds like, at that point, repentance is a sort of meritorious work in this whole forgiveness equation, and that's not helpful. And what is the standard of repentance, if you're going to make this so, if you're going to insist upon this uh, rather vehemently? What's the standard? Judged by whom? How much repentance? Uh, how much attending contrition and remorse is necessary? For what duration? To what degree? To whose satisfaction? Just the offended party? And what if the offender's repentance seems shallow to the, the person who's been offended? Doesn't seem sincere enough or just flat out seems perfunctory? Do you then withhold forgiveness and are are the persons who are offended, are they always adequate judges on that account? Or do you simply grant forgiveness sort of with a crooked smile, insincerely, because they did the requisite act of repenting? So this only illustrates that all of this isn't as simple as it first looks. And anyone who's uh, labored within a marriage or a close friendship finds that when we're hurt by those we most love, sometimes forgiveness to those persons is harder to achieve. In any case, let's take a a step back and think about the word repentance. Biblically, I'm not going to get into the the actual New Testament words as such, but I'm going to refer to the ideas, the concepts. Uh, One word for repentance in the New Testament has the net effect of changing your mind or a change of heart. You come to see yourself in the way God does, and rather than pursue that way of thinking or acting or behaving or attitudes, you have a change of mind, a change of heart. Another New Testament word accents more a change of direction, a turning back. It's sort of a U-turn word in which you were going one direction with your life or behaviors, and in repenting, you're turning around, you're turning away and back from that. It's, it's very much plays into the idea of conversion. You convert, you change, and go a different way. And a, a, a final word to note is one that accents more the remorse that comes with repentance. Uh, the regret, uh, the contrition, the sorrow you feel, uh, feeling guilty, 
uh, feeling bad about what you did and how you hurt another person and that kind of thing. So all of these biblical words come together to give us a biblical concept of what repentance is. And it's important to keep all of that in mind. Now, it's in light of that we come back to this idea of conditionality. That is, I forgive you on condition of your repentance. Well, there's a conditionality that we can talk about as passive, instrumental, and consequential. Or, and the the transactional model has this in mind, a conditionality that is active, necessary, causative. Uh, Your repentance is the cause of my forgiving you. Not the only cause, not even as such the highest cause, but still a necessary cause. Without it, there will be no forgiveness. And again, since this is offered up as forgiving like God, uh, we fall back into an old trap in which, oh, so there is something about me uh, upon my repentance, my sorrow, my regret, my change of mind, my change of direction. Now that I'm changed, now that I've I'm less sinful at that moment. Now I'm, because there's something good, better about me, I'm now forgivable. Well, that doesn't fit a biblical model of forgiveness or God's model of forgiving us. And it's important not to fall into that trap, and yet I think many do. They link uh, repentance and forgiveness the way you might think of fire and oxygen, Uh, No oxygen, no fire. No repentance, no forgiveness. No, to put it theologically, no sanctification, no justification. Well, this is not helpful, and it's even erroneous. Now, in the little bit of time we have left, let's take a short detour into a brief theological analysis of this topic. And by theological analysis is we don't want the quality and degree of our repentance to hang on, or our forgiveness by God, to hang on the quality and degree of our repentance. Repentance, yes, We'll get to, in another talk, its necessity, but then the kind of necessity, the kind of conditionality it is. So our salvation doesn't, let's be clear, depend on the degree, depth, sincerity, scope, insight of our penitence or repentance. That won't work. Secondly, we mustn't make repentance the absolute necessary condition for forgiveness to take place because that displaces the work of Christ and his atoning work, and even the Spirit's work is a gift of Christ to us uh, as that which is a necessary condition for our forgiveness. And lastly, we mustn't make repentance the condition for the bestowal of divine forgiveness. To do so, we're cast back upon ourselves, cast back upon, am I good enough, sorrowful enough, changed enough, and now we're no longer looking at Christ for forgiveness. We're again cast upon ourselves, looking at ourselves, and that is a no-forgiveness equation. 
Next week, Dr. Beach continues this conversation where he'll look more closely at the function of repentance. For more episodes, you can find us on our website at midamerica.edu slash podcasts and wherever you listen to your favorite shows. Be sure to search for and subscribe to Mid-America Reformed Seminaries Roundtable. I'm Jared Luchibor. Till next time.